so hello everyone uh, my name is uh, vikas agrawal and i am the founder of aif and pms experts india so we are one of the largest platform for alternate investments and portfolio management services so basically uh, we manage clients money we are a boutique wealth management outfit and uh, essentially we uh, focus on managing uh, clients uh, money uh, so what we going to do is so you know at aif and pms experts india we keep organizing these knowledge based sessions and we invite uh, industry experts and therefore it is called as ask the expert show so uh, firstly i welcome all of you uh, at ask the expert show with me i have uh, mr piyush sharma uh, he is the fund manager at uh, right horizon he is managing the portfolio called uh, uh, minavra right horizon minavra uh, undersurf fund and uh, uh, he brings about uh, more than two decades of experience on the table now very very rich experience when it comes to investing in equities more particularly in the mid and small cap segment so uh, piyush was born and raised in india in 2002 he moved to us he's worked with large organization like city group uh, as well as bombay stock exchange so he's been with equity markets uh, for long long period of time now he has seen couple of bull runs bear run multiple cycles and developed his own wisdom in terms of uh, uh, identifying ideas at an early stage of their growth curve and able to ride through the entire growth journey of those those businesses so today we thought uh, we'll invite him and read his mind understand there is this myth about you know uh, mid sized companies uh, and they are not owned by institutions and and uh, uh, and should we be investing in those businesses or not so i thought who would be the better person than than piyush so we thought we'll have this session so piyush uh, first of all thank you so much for for accepting our request and taking the time out from your busy schedule and agreed to speak to all our investors today thank you for having me because yeah so you know as you uh, uh, as uh, we discussed that today's discussion is debunking myth around institutionally under owned stocks so i would request that uh, uh, if you can share your experience first you know of last uh, i mean you you spend good amount of time in equity markets uh, and uh, and you you've been successfully able to uh, deliver uh, deliverables in the hand of investors Uh, you you bring about more than a decade of track record you know uh, as far as sebi numbers are concerned so i would request you to start with that your own personal experience then we'll come to the topic and then i would also request you to talk about your funds as well how do you what's your investment philosophy how do you select stocks so over to you uh, piyush sure so i was as you said i was born and raised in india i started my career with city group and global consumer banking in late 90s um primarily on the risk management side i moved to bombay stock exchange and we had a small internal economics and research team that used to do a lot of work on market microstructure so debate and ad- hopefully address issues around price transparency discovery liquidity etc moved to the us in early 2000s and then spent the next 8 years on the institutional investment research side notably with sanford bernstein in new york where i covered us autos and auto parts with avondale partners in nashville tennessee covering small and mid cap uh, consumer products names and with longbow research in cleveland and in new york covering business services and um, started working on india uh, say right around the financial crisis so um, call it late 
uh, worked on the idea throughout 2010 and started allocating capital to India in early 2011. And the 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 idea of Vikas back then was that I have the fortune of covering the mega caps at Bernstein and smaller names elsewhere. And I'm now talking what 17, 18 years ago, but even back then, I do not ever recall looking at names 100, 200, 300, 400 million USD market cap that wouldn't have institutional coverage and institutional ownership will be limited. It simply doesn't happen here. Um, almost everything is institutionally well owned. You might argue whether something's over owned or not, but institutionally under owned is something in US just simply doesn't happen. Uh, so even if you look at these small names, you'll have a Siroti in Long Island or JMP in San Francisco or you know Avondale, Longbow, just about every city here will will, will have a lot of institutional caliber, uh, uh, institutional focused brokers uh, with institutional caliber research. And you look at India and it's absolutely bizarre how the market microstructure is. On one end, you've got Nifty 50. Many people may not appreciate this, but your 50 biggest names in India have more sell-side opinions per name on average than even Dow 30. So, Boeing, so Boeing's and Bank of America's and Disney's of the world, believe it or not, are less institutionally covered than our Nifty 50 names. But, but, and, and, and the bizarre thing is in that same market, you go across and you look at 100, 200, 400 million dollar names and institutional coverage is scanty to insignificant, just, just, just not there. And institutional ownership ranges between whatever earth shattering 1% to call it 10%. Floats are low as well. But the beauty of that market is that, and again, we, we can hypothesize about this all day. Um, but the fact is, for XYZ reason, we are culturally wired to associate size and quality. And practically our largest companies can get away with murder, in my opinion. <laughs> And you've got smaller names that just cannot catch a break. I mean, corporate governance and quality, et cetera, et cetera. You've got tons of questions coming up. And it's a very, very broad market, Vikas. It's an actually, it's an impressively broad market. Uh, again, uh, something that a lot of Indians may not appreciate is you look at MSCI Emerging Markets Index. And MSCI Emerging Markets, India will be whatever, I think, 14, 15% weight today. But there's another index, not as closely watched, which is MSCI Emerging Market Small Cap Index. India is not only the biggest weight of that index, more than quarter of that index is just India. So India is an impressively broad market. Uh, but yet in such a broad market, uh, for XYZ reasons, as I said, the focus on quote-unquote quality that, uh, that we will discuss later is just way too much. And on the uh, on the other side, you've got a lot of opportunity. So we thought back then that this is a space that, given my background of doing more institutional caliber stuff on both small cap, mid cap, and as I said, on the Bernstein, uh, Violet Bernstein mega cap as well. That is a space that is, is, is absolutely ripe for investing in India. Because in such a broad market, there is no good reason why you cannot create a book that is cleaner, growthier and comes at a fraction of a price of institutional street darling. And so we started allocating capital in India in April of 2011. So you're right, uh, coming close to now 12 years. Um, we've delivered, uh, again, custodian numbers come up every day, but my guess is we'll 
at CAGR today would be a headline about 19 percent. Uh, right, but the right. but the important thing is that headline number is uh, is 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 based on a launch in 2011. What else happened in 2011? Worst year for launching uh, um, in an in India-specific strategy. If you look since the global financial crisis, Nifty lost more than a quarter of its value. Mid caps lost a third of their value. And small caps, if I recall right, lost more than 40% of their value. It, it, it's just a horrible year. So when you see that number, as you know, uh, you know, CAGR only tells you the start point and end point and leaves everything in the middle. And uh, at least individual investors, um, you know, need to do much more work on what happened in the, in the interim. Uh, but anyway, so that 19% number really is, is is because where we started and despite that we've we've done about eight percent annualized alpha versus nifty seven percent versus small caps and mid caps in a very very consistent uh manner so uh so yeah so i i i i think there's a little, little long drawn on my experience but yeah yeah but there's this perception piyush that you know uh in india most of these small cap companies are not well governed or they are ethically not strong. Their balance sheets are manipulated. And we keep hearing this noise uh, from from number of people, uh, those who are who are uh, reputed, you know, in terms of managing large portfolios. What's your views on that? Um, can I share my screen here very quickly? Because... Please, please. uh this is viewable i'm assuming yeah very much so okay let's 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 uh, let me just quickly address a couple of things before we get into these uh uh this this issue of governance um firstly whenever you are investing in a new strategy a new manager a new asset class two things are critical you have an efficient frontier which has got um, returns and volatility. So either your returns need to be higher for the same level of volatility or for the same level of return, your volatility should be lower. Either or, ideally both. If you're not getting that, you should not be investing. Within the space that we invest in, we've not only got incrementally, significantly higher returns, but more importantly, we've done that at volatility levels that most people will not associate with this group. Let me quantify this. While I gave you a headline number and a lot of people focus on those headline numbers and honestly, they shouldn't. Uh, again, I'm not trying to missell myself. We've got solid numbers, but the fact is you cannot look at numbers and you cannot view that without taking that in conjunction with associated volatility. You look at our volatility and our volatility versus BSE small cap is almost three percentage points lower annualized over the last almost 12 years. So not only have we delivered numbers, we've delivered numbers at volatility level, as I said, which are not typically associated with this space. The second point that I would address very quickly before I get into the uh, addressing the myths are, look, it, it's, it's a very twisted math because, um, SEBI says all you need to float in an IPO is 25%. That's about it. Now, 
imagine a hundred million or even a two hundred million dollar name, fifty million dollars floated uh, as as market cap. Um, if you think, first of all, look at how India uh, uh, India's market market microstructure looks today. Almost half of daily trading is retail. If, if I look here in the US, even today when retail trading is elevated, 80% of the trading will be institutional. India is primarily a retail-driven market. What does retail look for? While everybody looks for validation, retail looks for validation even more. And when you're looking for validation, what is comfortable with you? Something that is visible, something that, in, that you can directly associate with, uh, that gives you comfort. That comfort comes at a very expensive price in the case of India. Now, think, think of a large sell-side firm doing institutional trading in Bombay, Bangalore. Um, you're hiring a guy to cover, God knows, 10, 15, 20 names. Um, and you've got an institutional desk as well. My guess is a decent analyst between fixed and uh, fixed and variable will cost you a crore. Then you've got an institutional desk and you've got sales guys there banging their table every day by, by calling institutions uh, on, on what to own, etc. You do the math and you would realize that it does not make sense for them to own anything which is small in a market that's primarily retail. Now, if there are more inst institutions that engage and, and this happens at a very gradual pace, so when we launched, India was not as institutional as it is today. It has become more institutional. And as it becomes more institutional, more people like us engage, then, then suddenly you would see more sell-side people engaging too. With more sell-side people engaging, you'll have more research. When you'll have more research, you'll have more visibility. And therefore, uh, you would see people uh, coming up with research on these names. today. Sell side will sell you what is easy to sell. They're not selling you what is the right thing to sell. They'll sell you what is easy to sell. So large quality in India is easy to sell. Um, and so it, 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 it's, it's, the math works that way. Now coming quickly to now just the, just the myths. You said why, um, why there is a prevalent notion in India that large companies are good and small companies are uh, don't have the same governance. Let's start with the first one, quality, right? As I said, quality, I turn an Indian television channel on or pick any of the uh, media outlets. Quality as a word is always used in conjunction with size. Every two decades, Vikas, 40 to 50% of Nifty 50 components change, roughly. If, yes. I just, if I just look since the financial crisis, I've got a lot of quote-unquote quality leaving that index. Unitec, Satyam, Balarpur, Crompton Reeves, Yes Bank. It's a long list. Um, maybe we are culturally wired to think in a particular manner. As I said, in a validation-starved world, sell side does a job to ensure that we think in a certain manner. But the fact is, Indian large cap, let's call it the hallowed then thou set of Nifty 50, at a very alarming rate picks up lemons. We have 
we may have a selection bias and we may not think about that, but they keep on picking lemons at a very alarming rate. But we generalize and we generalize in a manner that's literally apples to peaches. You've got a very small set of 50 names, let's call it even 100 names, a very small triangle. And we compare that with a very large trapezoid at the bottom, which are your small and micro caps. Because as I said, India is an impressively broad market. So while it's true that I pick Nifty 50 and I can come up with quantifiable metrics associated with corporate governance, accounting clarity, and it's true that I might say that Nifty 50 is cleaner on average versus mid caps, which are then cleaner on average versus small caps. Here's the problem. Small caps is a massive trapezoid. You cannot compare that to the very small triangle on top. Uh, so there's no good reason why you cannot own 15 to 20 names in India. In fact, I would flip this argument right now. Not only are they as clean, we argue the book that we've picked or we've picked for last 12 years is not just as good. We argue it's cleaner than Nifty 50 at a fraction of value of Nifty 50. Second thing that again you would have heard and you, you keep on hearing every day within Indian media is the word pricing power. Probably the most overused term I, I hear there. Uh, and, and, and again, people will draw narratives, whatever they can to, to support stuff. First of all, pricing power is a very utopian concept. What is pricing power? And, uh, technically speaking, you'll say pricing power, your ability to influence pricing without impacting demand. In real world, you don't see real pricing power. Nothing is so price inelastic. I mean, even industries and spaces that you think are very inelastic really as, aren't as inelastic. So just to give you an idea, we were recently... What they talk about, isn't it? What is that? Sorry? Based on the leadership, based on their size. Correct. The so the, if the leader moves the changes, for example, Maruti is the leader in auto segment. If they decide to change the price, the eventually other players follow the trend in India. That may or may not hold true. Um, that may or may not hold true. I mean, Maruti, you 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 picked up a space that's. I mean, it's it's probably the most mass OEM of sorts. And again, we we might be diverging, but the most expensive model of Maruti, I think, today is XL6, and the most ex, you know the highest version of XL6 with all bells and whistles would be retailing for I don't know, I'm not checked, but probably close to 15 lakhs. So uh, it, 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 it's, it's a very mass OEM. Uh, I'm not sure I can compare that necessarily with today's Tata Motors, for instance, a heavily, heavily SUV, incrementally much more uh, uh, SUV-oriented OEM, or with Mahindra's or with several others. Um, but so you can compare that, but largely what I was trying to uh, stress upon is the idea of pricing power is, look, you've got these set of businesses uh, that can that have the ability to pass on pass on pricing pressures whenever they choose to do so. It's a simply utopian, pardon my French, nonsensical idea. It just simply doesn't happen. Just ask ask businesses that have very sticky consumers today. Uh, ask Ferrari. 
Ask Yeti tumblers in the US. Ask Ralph Lauren. Last year or so, if, if, if there's been one time that you had to demonstrate pricing power, it's been in the last four odd quarters when you've seen um, uh, cost pressures that are largely unprecedented. If you've not demonstrated pricing power in the last four quarters, you have no right to talk about pricing power. So when somebody says that a paints company will have a pricing power, I would have a problem with that. When somebody says a company is selling flip-flops, I will, again, you know that we don't discuss, debate, disclose our holdings. So I would uh, resist uh, talking Indian names particularly, but you would know what names that I'm talking about. There is a paints company. You've got a company that makes flip-flops uh, whose average realization on that flip-flops will be 150 odd rupees. You have a company that makes bakery items, a lot of biscuits, where almost half of their revenues come from SKUs priced at less than 100 bucks, less than 50 bucks even. <clears throat> Ask those companies at a time when the bottom of the pyramid has struggled globally. Look at how much pricing power these companies have had. But last 10 years, these are the kind of companies that people have been saying do have pricing power. So either pricing power has suddenly evaporated or what I'm saying is they never had one. If Ferrari doesn't have it, Ralph Lauren doesn't have it, Yeti tumblers don't have it, certainly a paints company or a company making flip-flops or companies selling biscuits at 15 rupees don't have it. Let's please understand this bit. If you're talking about it, I, I would associate this with, think of you having a big punching bag in your basement and you box really well on it. But you've really, really never boxed in a match. You've never stepped foot in a ring. That's what pricing power in a lot of these companies have. If, if there's one point that they had to demonstrate pricing power, they did not demonstrate pricing power. So uh, again, another huge myth about pricing power. Um, third thing, again a myth, is that these large companies have earning safety during down cycles. Whatever we've seen within the last year, this is a down cycle. This is undeniably a down cycle. Let me share this very quickly. <clears throat> this is since March. This is how EBITDA estimates for fiscal 23 have moved since March. On your left is our book. On the right is Nifty 50. YTD. Our estimates have moved up by about 16%. 16%. And we are, again, um, you, you look at my weighted average market cap today, is about 4 450, 500 million USD. Median is even much less, about 250 million USD. Now compare that with hallowed then thou nifty 50, excluding financials on your right. Decreased by minus 2%. What I'm trying to impress upon is that this whole view that uh, uh, that these names, uh, um, give me one second here. Uh, uh, the whole idea that these names, um, excuse me one second here, I just lost my last, um,
because pardon me for one second here. Anyway, so um, uh, so so that's that's on the estimate side. Um, this this the, this whole view, as I said, about um, you know perception around um, around earning safety, is simply untrue. I think third thing I would address on the mid side is one, as I said, as as I can demonstrate here, the whole idea of pricing power is utopian. The whole idea of earning safety is utopian. The third thing is, even if there was safety, and you could see here, so there's, there's really you don't see safety here, but even if there was this hypothetical safety, at what price does you, do you get the safety? And if, 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 if you are buying a paints company or companies that make shampoos and soaps, it's 60, 70, 80 times earnings. Understand that we 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 living in a very very twisted world. First of all, if you just simply look at earnings growth, so Nifty Fifty staples components, and um, if I look at last six odd years, on an average would have reported compounded earnings growth about fourteen odd percent roughly, fourteen fifteen odd percent. The price tagger of these names over the six year period. Is about 23, 24%. There's a nine percentage points differential between earnings and price. So if I do the math correctly over a six-year period, that would that would reflect into a 70% expansion in the multiple. Let that sink in. 70% expansion in multiple. What do you think is going to go? What do you think is going to happen going forward? You'll see another expansion on top of our already very, very elevated base, I would argue that it's not only are you more likely to see significant multiple compression, one thing is clear. In fact, one thing is almost near certain that you're unlikely to see any more multiple expansion from these very, very elevated levels. So what will you capture? You will capture earnings growth, which is not stellar. Uh, but Let's say hypothetically, if you were to get multiple compression, what's going to happen? First of all, these companies are not as growthy as they made out to be. Secondly, hypothetically, if they were to grow at 30%, which is twice where they've grown previously for XYZ reason that I cannot reconcile right now, but let's say you grow at 30% over a decade and multiple contract by 70%. If a math is right, you end up really capturing about 15% growth. That is assuming that's a very, very stellar earnings growth with 70% multiple compression will get you about 15% annualized return. So again, if 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 you were to think of it this way, you're getting a contract to clean the facade of a building, let's call it hundred thousand dollars. You're not going to buy insurance worth hundred and twenty thousand dollars. You're a bank, you want to deliver, uh, originate a loan of, let's say, $100. You do not originate a loan of $100 and provide $70 on it. If you're providing $70 on it at outset on a loan of $100, that's not a loan you should be making. 
So eventually everything is a price. First of all, as I've argued here, a lot of these large names, the whole idea of safety is one, it's utopian. Two, even if there was safety, even if there was, there's a price to it. We need to question that. In this case, you've got prices at levels that if, if, if that's the price of safety, I would not buy safety. So um, I think um, those are some of the uh, most critical myths that I would, uh, I mean, let me just very quickly show you uh, how we look on the valuation side, just to give you an idea. And we essentially investing in the same market. Uh, this is EV to fiscal 23 EBITDA, Nifty 50 excluding financials on top left. We are on the right. Your top row is absolute EV to fiscal 23 EBITDA. Your bottom row is how that multiple benchmarks versus its pre-pandemic history. So Nifty 50 excluding financials end of October was trading at north of 20 times EBITDA, fiscal 23 EBITDA. We are investing in the same market on right at seven and a half times EBITDA. Bottom, it's just showing you uh, premium or discount versus pre-pandemic history. Nifty 50, unsurprisingly, is trading at about 25% premium versus pre-pandemic history end of October. We were trading close to 25% discount. It's almost a mirror image. Um, so again, uh, you cannot not think about what price you're paying and uh, i would say as i said uh, this one you have to question safety and two even if there was any safety there's a price for that safety and i'm not sure it makes sense for you for you to pay that price for these very very large names so i spoke about quality now let's 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 very quickly talk about talk a bit about governance i wouldn't name companies here <clears throat> a very very large conglomerate in india a very large conglomerate last time i checked at whatever 150 200 subsidiaries below it maybe another 100 step down second degree subs beneath that every year you would i mean <laughs> just to give you an idea it's it's auditor who i wouldn't name uh, my guess is we'll have about 100 people doing annual audit for about three months, two to three months there. Uh, and these are guys on the inside. If I were to give them a 10% margin of error to, get, to, to, to tell me confidently where they think the tangible book value of the business is, I would reckon that they would struggle. We're on the outside looking in. And as I said, if, 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 if you think you can establish accounting clarity in some of these names, then all I would say is, is good luck, because I simply cannot. We invest in businesses that, uh, that uh, have cleaner structures and quantifiably, quantifiably are cleaner than Nifty 50. So if we can jettison this fluff around corporate governance and instead ask, hard pokey questions that are quantifiable these names that we own might be smaller these are all market leaders yeah they're they're all market leaders in specific niches 
coming back to your example of maruti vikas maruti is a very very large oem um maruti let's say today has about 35 40% of india's passenger vehicle market we own names again i wouldn't name the part but the specific part where they might be they might have 50% share of that market a very well entrenched share might you um but that particular part realization on that might be 3000 rupees al maruti's average realization let's let's say 6 lakhs you do understand why one is a large cap and one while the other is a small cap the the extremely lazy generalization that large caps are all market leaders are comparable to small caps this is i'm comparing apples and peaches here these are both market leaders i would argue that the other is very very well entrenched um we 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 were and has demonstrated much better earnings growth not only that we were talking about pricing power within the last year <clears throat> some of these names i mean i we argue then that in a year like fiscal 23 with half of the fiscal still left we just might have a book that in a year like this would be reporting margin expansion significant margin expansion in a year like this when ralph lauren doesn't and ferrari cannot when yeti temp tumblers cannot when louis vuitton is struggling some of these names for unique specific reasons will report margin expansion lot of these large well entrenched names that um that 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 individual investors will uh, will find much more relatable will be struggling so um uh, so yeah i mean again co- corporate governance is 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 a very uh, lazily used term and if you were to quantify you might be able to find names that i said a cleaner growthier and on your screen come at fraction of the price of nifty 50 okay sure i i we got that uh, so can you talk to us about your fund and uh, how long you've been running this in india and more particularly the official track record of right horizon uh, i mean our branders of fund and also talk to us about how do you select stocks and uh, what sort of returns one can expect uh, if somebody is investing in your fund these are two three questions if you can take them one by one yeah so let's let's take them one by one firstly you, you your first question was around the track record yeah under the right so, horizon umbrella so under the right horizon umbrella so we i so look we 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 run an offshore fund out of mauritius um pms um we've been associated with right horizon since 2016 so coming close to 6 years or might be 2015 so 15 or or 16 to 6 or 7 years um this is the only strategy that we run which is the institutionally underowned orphaned listed part of india um so that i is, is there anything more on the track record specifically that you had or just the longevity of it yeah so longevity in the sense that one is of course longevity the other one is uh, how it has behaved in different markets like for example 
during 2019 1819 when we saw uh mid and small cap down to large extent the valuation gone down as i as 50 60 mm. how is your pms portfolio behaved and delivered it so you said 2009 we were not there in 2009 because we launched 2018 and 19 18 and 19 now if 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 i look at 18 and 9 now we 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 tend to do particularly better during periods of drawdowns and let me share this very quickly here if this is if this is visible this is the list of all the drawdowns that bse small cap has been through uh since our inception the drawdown here is being defined as two or more months of a decline in BSE small cap, with the cumulative decline being more than 1%. Uh, as you could see, uh, if there is one thing which is near certain, is that we do better during periods of drawdowns. That is not surprising, Vikas. Why is that not surprising? Uh, because we, we steer clear of street, of street darling. Uh, so when street darlings end up doing better during periods when liquidity is a tailwind and everybody or next door neighbor in the dog walker are doing well, you would see us taking a back seat. But while the lifting tide lifts all boats, when the tide turns, a lot of them capsize. If you are willing to look like a chump during a period when math doesn't make sense and you are on the uh, on the fence, during periods when liquidity gushes out the door, it will not be a headwind for you. So you're not going, going to get hurt. Think, think of it last year. If you own Tesla or AMC or Sundial or Bed Bath and Beyond in the US, a lot of these meme stocks, you would look like an absolute genius by the end of 2021. Please understand, there will be 2022 as well. You'll not escape that. Uh, and that is where we do particularly well and I, and I thank you for asking this this particular question uh, why is this important because in fact i think it is incredibly important even though you get a lot of attention because of years like 2021 i think we we were up 92 percent last year or something like that um so pre-quin and allocator and globally across all of these platforms there's a lot of limelight i'll tell you what you need to not look at these years when markets run up a lot and the reason uh, is is quite simple it is more likely that during these periods you might find investors running up numbers so it, it is easier for you to find a mediocre manager running up large numbers in a year like 21 or 17 or a 14. in fact let me just show you a skewness document right here but it but it is very critical that you take off the these years away when you're looking at a track record in my humble opinion because uh, it is not very likely that you'll see a mediocre manager running up great numbers in the years like what we are discussing here which is when 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 prices are just not running up in fact when 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 you see periods of very sharp drawdowns so what this exhibit is showing you is that while there's a headline number and again now we are an industry where i'm not ever preach that you look at a 21 percent and you think 21 percent is higher than 18 or 18 is that much superior versus 15. that's a very very naive way of looking at things in fact especially in a business where i would say almost half of your headline numbers are replete with randomness 
and therefore it is critical that you take off these large ears outside and then look at how the residual looks. So what we've done here is we've taken the three big ears since a launch almost 12 years ago out to see if our numbers are skewed because of those big print ears. 17, 14, and 21 in that order. On your left, while we've delivered a headline CAG, um, annualized alpha of say 7%, We've done about 21% last decade. We're up again, now we close to 21% this calendar year. We're up 92% last year, up, I'm guessing about 42-ish odd percent compounded last three years. So we, but this 18% year uh, is since our inception. Remember inception is 2011, very, very critical. But if you start taking up the best years away, which everybody should do, you take off 17, 14, and 21 in that order. You take off 17, we're still compounding in the high teens. While BC small cap drops to mid single digits. You take 17 and 14 away, we're still doing high teens. BC small cap is barely compounding in low single digits. You take the three best years away, the remaining almost nine years, BC small cap has been losing you at about minus 3%. Nifty, for quantification here, is slightly less skewed. Slightly, I would add. That minus 3% might become zero, but that's about it. Nifty is fairly skewed too. So it is very, very critical that while you're looking at numbers, um, you need to definitely think, think about uh, our drawdowns, which we discussed here, and uh, definitely look at skewness. So we, we uh, a slightly long drawn response to your question, but yeah. during period of-, of, That's okay. of yeah, I understand. So a yeah. couple of uh, quick questions, so keeping in mind that we have time constraint now. And- yeah. A lot of investors who have joined and i received a couple of questions right. in advance from you guys so quick quick question so one is the how do you uh, so how many companies are going to be there uh, in the portfolio that you construct typically we've moved over the last 12 years we've moved between 12 to 18 names i do not recall ever owning more than 18 names uh, the, the let's call it the sweet spot of 15 names. Today we own about 13. We've exited two within the last uh, uh, last month, uh, last year or so. Uh, our turnover for every hundred rupees worth of purchase, we've sold about 106 rupees worth of securities. Um, so we we we've been net sellers, which is typical during periods when. You would see markets doing well. You would see us being net sellers during period when it's not doing well. So generally, more often than not, we'll be going the other way. Okay. And what's your deployment strategy? Like if somebody is giving you a mandate of 50 lakhs, you deploy uh, same day or you take your own time or how do you do it? So, uh, because we don't engage in 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 timing math at all, uh, because it you know I've been doing this a good part of two and a half decades across industries, geographies, and capital structure, and I I can tell you this is it's 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 a myth that you can time and so the only reason we straddle and we do straddle the only reason that we straddle our our our, our allocation is because of impact cost. You do not want to throw too much money in a very, very short period of time at some of these names, um, which is the only reason that we straddle. It has nothing to do with timing. So I would say 
um, generally allocations are done over a period of one to two weeks, typically. Okay. And what is the time horizon one should look at before committing money to you? Like at least three years of time frame, five years of time frame, or you look at seven years is a good time frame to 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 look at minimum. I would say seven years is a good time frame. Why I'm saying seven years? The reason I'm saying seven years is because it is likely that in a, over a seven-year period, you will see a period of large drawdown. You would see a period of large run-ups. It's a fairly long period. Um, you should also understand that why didn't I say three or why didn't I say five? There's a reason. When you're investing in poor price discovery markets, emerging markets in general have poor price discovery. Uh, but within spaces that we, we, we invested, I would argue price discovery is relatively poorer. And that is why you have to look, focus on the dog and not the dog's tail. So if you can, so for, first of all, if you're investing in this space, in my view, you need to switch yourself off from that soap opera that starts at 9.15 every morning and ends at 3.30. If this is something that's very hard for you to do, you should not be investing. As simple as that. If, if, but if you can shut yourself off from all of that noise and keep your singular focus on underlying earnings of a company, then you should invest. And then you should be investing for a good period, period of time. Uh, if you're typically, I would say 70% of time, if you're right on earnings over a five-year time frame, you will be right on stock price. That number will go from 70% to 90% over seven year period. And if investing for a decade or more, you're right on earnings, you'll be right on stock prices. As simple as that. And you need to be right on earnings. You don't, you will be right on stock prices. So you need to focus on the dog. And if you're focusing on the dog and not dog still, give it seven years. Please understand this as well. No investor globally, none, zero exceptions, will underperform there will be a period when strategy will underperform. You just need to understand this. If you're investing for long-term with a manager, if you can cut size your investments into three-year rolling time periods, if you have somebody who beats his, his or her benchmark over 55, 60% of the time, and when they beat the benchmark, they beat with a higher differential. And when they underpace the benchmark, they underpace the lower differential, You will create alpha if you want to outpace the benchmark all the time you are living in a utopian world that does not exist effectively you would be simply chasing the dog's tail or the dog will be somewhere else that's right. that's right. so basically that's the style of small cap investment so i would say that is style of emerging markets in general emerging market small cap in particular well said and that is where you know i uh, i whenever i speak to any of my investors and i keep talking about this uh, you know they come with an expectation of 30 40 percent returns and but then they're not comfortable with this kind of volatility you know and that is where the lot of accidents takes place and i've been talking about this uh, ever since we started this platform AIFPMS.com that when you are giving mandate to a portfolio manager, the minimum time frame that you should be looking at is five years. Mm. You know, mm. 
and allow the portfolio manager to take his own call and there are times when call can go also go wrong also you know there are mm. one or two calls which can go wrong but eventually what you need to examine is that uh, how is the portfolio position what you talked about return expectation versus earning expectation and the yeah. actual earnings in the portfolio yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Vikas, you you brought up the point of volatility. There is there, there is something very important that uh, that I wanted to address. Can I address it very quickly yeah, within within the next minute? Yeah. yeah. So uh, again, uh, look, I I come from a background of investing in the U.S. primarily before I started this, and here and globally, you would see that people often say that stock prices are eventually a reflection of underlying earnings. That is true in good price discovery markets. That is not true in emerging markets. Think of it this way. You look at Nifty 50 today, uh, on, an, on average, Nifty 50 constituent will have 50-55% free float. Majority of that free float, or at least half of it, is in the hands of FPI. Good portion of that FPI capital is just algo capital. There's no somebody picking that. It's just passive capital, ETF-focused capital, most of that. Then, of the remaining half of the float, good portion is DIIs. So you don't have a lot of individual investors owning these. When you're investing within small caps where institutional ownership is lower, please understand volatility is not always a function of underlying earnings. It's a myth. That's that's another huge myth. Look at this. They, these are uh, six industries that make today almost three-fourths of a book. Uh, we, we ran this exercise over 2009 to 2019 where we looked at the frequency of earnings declines within these companies. And on the right side, the price volatility. And we compared them versus large global peers. So, so let's say we hold a PVR. We compare PVR with a, uh, with an Odeon or an a, or an AMC, but let's say large peers. We, we're looking at paper, for instance. We'll take our holding and we'll compare them with the Weyerhaeuser and UPMs and, um, uh, and, and international papers of the world. We have beverages. We'll compare them, again, with, with, with large names. The point is, you look on the left, the frequency of earnings declines of our holdings over 2009 to 2019 period, 27% of the time, our holdings showed earnings declines in a given year. So every fourth year roughly. That number was 36% for the comparable large global peers. But on the right, you look at annualized price volatility. And vol is higher for our names versus the large global peers. Please understand this. This is here you've got ticker ticker tape that is not a reflection of underlying earnings at all. It's a reflection of ownership, specifically institutional ownership. So while again, I would go back to the same thing about dog and dog's tail. The tail does not wag the dog. You focus on the dog, don't bother about the tail. Switch yourself from the soap opera of 915 to 330 that's on the right. On the left side are earnings. Focus on earnings. Give it time. Give it if you're right on earnings, you will be right on stock price. It doesn't work the other way around. But how do you bring the conviction on the table, view share? I mean, one is that you're not looking at the market outcomes, you're not looking at the earnings because you only see the visibility. Let's say the earnings are going down for three, four, five, six quarters, yeah. then how do you bring that conviction on the table? How do you build that wisdom of, of making money out of that? Because the number of accidents which takes place in this segment is very, very high. Again, uh, very, very large trapezoid because massive trapezoid. We, we, we barely are looking at 15, 20 names here. 
and 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 I showed you here for all the talk of you know failures etc etc nifty 50 picks up these lemons with alarming regularity we do not nifty 50 finds it harder to find pricing power in a year like this we don't so do not generalize um but coming back specifically to your question let's say hypothetically and we've not been on their side our earnings this year will be reporting in fy23 as i stand i'm expecting north of 30 percent earnings growth Nifty 50 will struggle to do double digits. Uh, with all due respect to uh, the Lal Street's um, uh, very, very sanguine outlook for FY23, I do not believe we'll be doing double digits on Nifty 50. And if we do, we'll just about do it, excluding financials, of course. We'll do north of 30% this year, in a year like this, with margin expansion. But hypothetical question, you said if I'm if I had a name, hypothetically, where i go for four to six quarters of earnings declines you need to first question is it structural or it is something that's one-off i've been on that side where we've been wrong and business generally was wrong on something but it was not structural i've been on a side where it was structural when it is structural you need to think hard whether you want to own something like that because your thesis right now is being questioned. But if your thesis is intact and it's a one-off short-term thing, I've got no problem. In fact, if market sells it, even better because I'll take advantage of that. So it, it, it again, not you cannot box everything and, uh, and, and, and have one answer to it. You have to question whether it's structural or not. Uh, but uh, I, I would just caution that let's not even start having that argument on a on a small cap versus large cap versus mid cap level. Ask questions of a business. We own auto parts names. And since January or February is when container freight rates peaked, and since then we've had almost nine months of sharp declines. But going back three quarters towards let's say even even more let's say towards the middle of 2021 and freight rates are very very extreme uh we had an auto parts holding that is moving 40 foot containers from kandla to the gulf coast uh in the u.s and the landed cost 60 percent of the value of the container was just freight 60 percent all of that was being paid by the oems that were uh, uh, that were sourcing these this particular part. That's pricing part. When when you have a forestry name uh, that makes paperboard, and paperboard in general, a large pharma company, um, you know, I'll just give a specific area, Baddi, for instance. Now, Baddi, you know, is 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 a hotbed for for manufacturing. Uh, a lot of con Consumer staples guys are there. A lot of pharma guys are there. A lot of paperboard guys coming, going to these pharma and consumer staples companies saying, take 30%, 35% of YOY increasing, increase in price uh, on, on paperboard. Otherwise, it will be very hard for us to uh, supply you paperboard. That's pricing power. Uh, so last few, last three minutes to go, Piyush. Sure. Time. Sure. So, yeah, I, I, I would say that. Um, Look, just uh, we I, we already discussed about the myths. 
say it's very very critical what kind of traits you have patience becomes extremely important uh, you need to focus more on the underlying earnings than on the headline stock prices and i'll say finally even a bit in terms of measurement when you're measuring any number um do not look at headline numbers headline numbers will hide more than they will reveal or at least reveal as much as they will hide uh so it it is very critical for you to adjust for skewness it is very important that you focus on periods of drawdowns um but other than that if you can always engage uh your discussions around underlying earnings of companies there is no good reason why you'll not be well off and 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 as uh, yeah i would say that's that's uh it's patience 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 but again i'm not just harping on this don't be patient about earnings and cash flows i get that but be patient on headline stock prices because they will move and you will not always pick the bottom because most people that i speak with large upsides resonate with them better so when i tell somebody that hey i was up 92% last year that sound bite you pick very very easily you can associate with that very very quickly you should not you should not the real alpha does not get created in a year like 2017 in fact let me just very quickly show this if i have it um i don't have this open but um the the the, the real alpha is not created in years like 21 14 and 17 unfortunately that's when a lot of attention comes in that's when a lot of allocation comes in please understand that we are all human you're human too you have to participate in downsides to grab upsides it's not either or you will get downside and you'll get upside invariably in my opinion your big alphas are created during periods of downside that is you do not fall less again this will not resonate very well but this is true when you fall 15% and market drops 30 35% this is where really the source of alpha is versus going up in a year like 20 yeah sorry to interrupt so wouldn't it be a good idea to add more money during the downturn if 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 your thesis is intact there is nothing that is structurally changed in the business valuation is solid but just simply out of sentimental noise price is drawing down undeniably throw kitchen sink at it correct this is what i advise all my clients that you know whenever you want to add money don't add during the good times always look out for you will always find some of the other reasons in the markets when you see some amount of downturn maybe because of external affair you know always uh, so that is the time you should be giving more money to the portfolio manager if you knock down and zero down on one particular manager so yeah, that's how it is so we are running short of time now only 30 seconds to go so i want to take this opportunity to thank all our investors uh, for uh, supporting us